lucky, question mark, enough to be running the Total Ultra Ultramarathon instead of commentating it, we'd be rocking the Ultraspire Zygos 5. This is the good-ass upgrade from the epic Zygos 4, which, if you were interested, is currently on sale at ultraspire.nz for 120 bucks. The 5 is more comfortable, it's lighter, stronger, more carrying capacity, the works. You can grab one of these gems at ultraspire.nz or such good sorts as Shoe Science Albany, Wild Things, Front Runner Columbo, or Queenstown, or further, faster. You heard of those guys? ultraspire.nz good as tell you who I have heard of Wild Things the Aotearoa trail running institution you know the deal they've got the trail directory they've got the VIP lounge we can lounge around they've got the huge discounts in store we love them and we think you should do go check them out wildthings.club further faster you know the jingle they're in Christchurch they're the best independently owned outdoors resource in the known universe community stewardship dogs, the most amazing range of incredible gear, and kayak canoes and jet boils, which are two things with very close to my heart. 57 Sydney Street O2 Tahi. Go check them out or hit furtherfaster.co.nz on the World Wide Web, bro. They go something like further, faster, they're in Christchurch. Rocky is hairy and so is Badger. Jules is nice and Jack is delicious. Go to further, faster now. Oh, further, faster, they're in Christchurch. Rocky is hairy and so is Badger. Jules is nice and Jack is delicious. Go to further, faster now. Dirt Church Radio. Episode 232 of Dirt Church Radio. I'm Matt Raymond. Kia ora. Uh, Eugene Bingham, Tokawinga. And this is our Tarawera Ultra Marathon special. I forgot to say something. We made it. We made it. Where have we, we made, made it. it to? Well, we're on the shores of Lake Okataina, uh, which is usually a bustling aid station, but for the purposes of 2023 has been the start line of the 100 mile and 102 kilometer races. Yeah. So we had the distinct pleasure of, oh, we have the distinct pleasure of starting both those races, and, and we've just, uh, it, it, for context, it's about 5.30 in the morning, we're, and we're literally, when, when Eugene says on the shores of Lake Okotaina, we are standing on the beach in the dark yeah. at Lake Okotaina. It's not a tidal lake, is it? We don't have to worry about that? No, we no, don't have to okay, worry about the okay, rushing tide, right. but it is gorgeous. It is. And we had the pleasure of sending, you know, 550 keyed up athletes into the morning um the start unfortunately was delayed by 20 minutes um, yeah some bus ish bus issues mm. um a little bit a little too much pedal to the metal a little too little picking up of the people but you know <laughs> everyone got there in the end including you know what you could who you could argue was the one of the favorites in the 100 miles zach miller was on the last bus one of the last 12 people into the into the space yeah. and and the fifth beetle yeah, old Andrew McDowell of uh, you know our our Dirt Church Radio fame. Uh, he was on there, but everyone you know seemed to take it in their stride. I can't imagine how stressful it would have been waiting for that bus to turn up. But um, yeah, when the final twelve arrived, everyone gave them a clap, and um, they had time to go and sort themselves out before yes. we set them on their way. I, I do think it would have been funnier if uh, your suggestion had been followed and everyone had have hid. Yeah, I thought that would have been cool if everyone had hid in the bushes, we'd turn the lights off, they turn up and then we all jump out. Um, <laughs> surprise! <laughs> would have been hilarious. Anyway, no one else was into it, so I don't know. You know, maybe it's not in the handbook for how you're supposed to start a 100-mile race. But anyway, um, yeah, so there was a the... Um, 
welcome, you know, welcome and and faikoreo uh, and karakia from Nati Tarafai. That's um, really is one of the, you know, I mean, it's it sort of marks Tarawera out mm. as a yeah, you know, it's a special part of this race, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. It's not just that sense of. Uh, you know, as you said, tacking a and using air quotes cultural performance on the end. There, no. this is you know that that sense of you know we are here, uh, you know, on the land of the mana whenua, and there's that sense of manakitanga. There's that sense of mm. the fact that we are passing through it, and and that we're here together. It was wonderful, stirring as usual, um, and we are looking forward to repeating that in in a little while. I think. With the hundred and two, and it's you know there's going to be double the field almost for the yeah. for the for the Tum Miler. But when you consider, and what I love about this is is Lake Okatina. Like I've been here at an aid station when the course was running from Rotorua to Kaurau. I've been here through an aid station when the course has been completely different, and I've been here again three times at, at, at different points at an aid station where the course has been completely different each time. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's one of the only constants, isn't it, is that sort of changing nature of, of you know, this nature gets a vote. Yeah, that's right. I mean, as, you know, in case you missed it, the course this week had to be changed because of a massive landslip on the eastern Okataina walkway which meant that the 102k start uh, at Kawaro was impossible and so was the usually the miler starts at Tapuia and then comes around towards here at Okataina by which stage you've run 102 kilometres but instead starting at zero at uh, Okataina and then heading off but um yeah, big day ahead of us. Big day ahead of us. And we thought we'd just sort of do a bit of recording on the fly, so come along with us yeah. on this journey. I'm just a bit mesmerised by this lake, I think. Why have you noticed the birds are waking up? Finally. Yeah. Huh, we, we've but, been up for hours, birds. For, well, for clarity, we woke up at, 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 at two o'clock this morning, so it does feel like sort of mid-morning for us. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, look forward to see how that goes in uh, sort of 15 hours, 16 hours time when we're at the finish line. Let's get into it. Okay, Matt, we're now at Hemel Gorge Aid Station, 53 k's in. We set off the, we left Okataina, we left the uh, 100 kilometre, 103 kilometre runners, we set them off Mm -hmm. at slightly late again the buses um took a while some of the buses took a little while to get down but we got them underway didn't we yeah we did and it, it was uh, it was a beautiful it was a lifting of the energy and uh incredible it was an incredible incredible start um and in a you know in a, in a, in a lovely location that is you know it's steeped in tarawera law and here we are approximately 400 earth years later at Gorge. it's still morning it's still morning we've been up now for approximately six lifetimes and um yeah we've got the band back together well it's amazing i mean it's the best thing about races isn't it is catching up with mates seeing people you haven't seen for a while and uh we bumped into some didn't we we bumped into some so unfortunately you know the 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 quartet that was the uta uh, commentary team could not be brought together but we've got a power trio ben berryman here we go hello good morning boys how's things good 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 what brings you to our sunny shores yeah, and just excuse me as I continue to look out to the right for my runner to come up with a party. Cause we don't want to be responsible. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, just uh, hanging out with some friends. I've got a friend doing the 100 miler, so 
crewing through the day and, and it's a bit of running as a pacer tonight, but what an incredible course this is. Yeah. Have you had, had a chance to look around Rotorua? Uh, yeah, yeah. We, we've had some time in the Redwoods, which was really quite nice, and then just wandering around town on the, on the lakefront um, in the last couple of days. So, so just a bit of a browse, not, not extensive yet, but I believe, um, unless the, the weather that we don't want to talk about um, destroys our plans. We're due to go Hobbit visiting on Monday. So nice, <laughs> nice, nice. Well, I'm kind of representative of Hobbits, being the height I am. But anyway, um, so how, so how's your mate going? Oh, look, he's running very well. So he was about about 45 minutes up on on his expected pace at Blue Lake. Um, sometimes that can be a concern, but but Rob is quite experienced, particularly in the last one standing format and has got lots of practice at pacing and was quite comfortable so he's, he's moving very well at the moment nice and we bumped into you at the Porfitty yesterday the the welcome is it the first time you've experienced something like that yeah that was phenomenal and um yeah it was I, i'm still a bit overwhelmed by the whole thing the thing that really stood out to me was was not just what was happening in front but clearly in new zealand there's an education piece that goes on because throughout it the crowd Obviously, had bits where it was re- where they respond in language, and and everybody just knew what to say, when to say it, and and that was, I suppose, I, I really love what was happening in front of me. But the fact that it's entrenched in the community like that is what really stood out to me. It was it was great to be a part of. Yeah, I mean, we're by no means perfect, right? We've got a long way to go. A long way to go. A long way to go, but. And, um, yeah, being part of that was absolutely fantastic. And we, we had that this morning with the, um, you know, the karakia that led off the, the races. And, oh, my goodness me. It's, yeah, we're stoked. And it's great to see you, man. And, I mean, we should probably leave this aid station, leave Ben back to his ace-crewing duties and uh, get out on the trails. Yeah, I mean, it. we don't want to be responsible for him missing his runner. <laughs> You know, Rob gets upset, Ben blames us, yeah. suddenly there's, we're cancelled. It just wouldn't be a good look. <laughs> well, look to be honest, we, we may have arrived at Blue Lake and we're walking down the drive as Rob was running in. So we, I'd say we timed it perfectly, not that we were running late. And we may have had a slight hiccup in charging his lights for him, but that's been resolved. So I think we've, we've, we've wiped out most of the... Most of the hiccups that we need. Ultra running is about problem solving, and that includes the crew. You know, you're yeah, throwing yeah. curveballs during the day, you deal with them. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I was going to say, the other thing that really stood out, Redwoods, up on that tree walk, one of the platforms has got an outstanding piece written there about about how we respect our natural environment too. And, um, and I think um, you know, those that have been to, to UTA in the past will know Dave King that's like local yeah. Aboriginal man who ha- has in the past been deeply engaged but engaged with the environment I've got photos of the script because I, I definitely want to talk to Dave and say is there an equivalent for uh, that we can share in our running community back in the mountains um, so yeah awesome, awesome to be here having a great time we'll catch up with you soon eh? yeah, yeah absolutely thanks guys have, oh, have a good run we will Right, let's get under it. Let's go. Underway. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Wow, where are we, Matt? It's now just after midday. We've been out on the trails. Uh, a little bit lost. Tell me where we are. So, as far as I can tell by this giant water tank. Oh, you think we're by the water tank? We're at the water tank at the Linmore Link. Uh, just coming, the runners will be coming out of Lake Tikitapu and we are seeing a merging. We've seen a bunch of... We've seen a... 100 mile runner so far we've seen 
bunch of 100k runners and a ton of 50 and 21 and everyone is working hard and you know you can't you can't overstate the difficulty of tokorangi pa even mm. on fresh legs yeah let alone yeah you know tears have been wept tears have been wept um but it's but it's great isn't this bit of trail normally um you know well it could be lonely but um it's yeah busy isn't it yeah. busy it's got everyone on it but everyone's being kind and courteous and encouraging each other aren't they yeah it's a really cool it's it, it's that thing isn't it it's the credit to the sport it brings out the best and uh i wish it always did yeah um and this is one of those points where it's really sort of life affirming and amazing amazing yeah. we, we saw um back there um somebody in the 21k who's struggling not having a good day um you know didn't where they were walking and and they were not enjoying themselves um getting down a, a tough hill they had a couple of couple of uh sticks as as uh, makeshift walking poles yeah. but what was cool to see was the amount of people encouraging her giving her support you know making her feel welcome and 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 you know encouraging her to do her best and, and to get home get the job done yeah it, i mean it's that thing isn't it you 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 can choose your attitude uh and the attitude that was taken was uh just one of yeah that community that stewardship and that yeah, because you know, people here could together. have been like, "Hey, get out of my yeah. way! You're blocking the trail." Yeah, but they weren't at all. No, not yeah. at all. Not yeah. even a little Seriously. bit. So, should we should we holler for some uh, runners here? Yeah, we'll holler. Come on, come on, come on! Let's go! Come on, that's us. Nice Woo! Step away. <laughs> bit of cranberries at Redwood Aid Station. Yeah, I think there'd be a few people feeling like zombies uh, about now, but. In their heads. In their heads. Uh, it's so nice to be in the Redwoods in Whakarewarewa where, unlike last time we were reporting for the field, sticks are just sticks. That's right. That's right. They're not going to bite us and kill give us. us poisonous infections. Anyway, uh, you were at Redwoods, which for the milers is a 38k, 97k and 156k mm. aid station. So they're going to become very familiar with this. Perhaps not Zach Miller, who is just flying through. We saw him... Um, just up the trail uh, not long ago. Well, he's gone. He's he gone. Come through. He's Absolutely. well come through. Yeah, uh, looking strong, wasn't he? Looking amazing. Look, looking amazingly strong, and and really sort of that sort of focus to the point where you know he was just I don't know. Is there was nothing. Not there was nothing there, but there was just this focus intensity. Yeah. You know. Yeah. 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 But I mean, you know, if you're going to hang around an aid station, this one's going to be a boomer later on. It it's really is the uh, it's got a great vibe. It's got this cool cover. Um, it's got the music going. Yeah, it's again. It's you know people get married under here. Uh, it, I saw someone who was doing the hundred and two day who literally got married under here. And um, what a beautiful place! And it's only going to get better as the day progresses and the the lights come on and oh special. Yeah, so we came out for a, a bit of a run, a bit of a recce, and we've done the usual. We've gone a bit too far. We've got a bit too involved in cheering people on and stuff, and hence we're running late. So we better scoot it back to our car so we can at least get a, a bit of a rest before we have to hit the mics later on. Yeah, it, uh, no regrets, actually. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, actually, the person who was being all cautious saying, oh, we, you know, we don't want to run out of room, uh, and we've run out of room, but, like, yeah, there's nowhere else I'd rather be right now. What have we got, Matt? We've got Zach Miller coming through for his. We've got Zach Miller coming through for his second lap. I don't want to get too close to him. Yeah. And it's just in the presence of greatness, it would appear. Like, 
coming in, sponging his legs, just looking super focused. We saw him out on the trail and he was just, it was like I said before, it was like he had his out of office mes message on in his eyes. He's just thrown down and he is getting, I don't know what he's doing. He is going after it. He's got, he's got uh, Joe Gallagher crewing for him like a machine. He's punishing. This is like an F1 pit crew. Yes. He's got the ice going, he's got the cold tea or coke or water down, something or other, and he is getting ready to get some. It sure is. I mean, it's so, it's amazing to watch, isn't it? Like, at this it end of the race, here we go. He's going to head off. Wow. Yeah. Got the sponge of water. Because it's hot today. It is so hot today. He's getting head off. Head, down. Yeah. This is, in, this is intense. He's stiffened lollies onto the nozzles. Wow. It would appear. That's different. That is different, but if it, I mean, you know, he's so fast. Yeah. He's getting a good sponge down. So how, how far he's got to go now? He's got, he's got about another, another 50 kilometers or so. There are thereabouts, but he is punishing this course. Yeah, uh, absolutely tearing it half hour, half hour lead up on third. Amazing work. You got the you got the current Tarawera 100k champion male and the and Joe Gallagher who came second. Uh, my God, this is what a crew crewing an absolute yeah. legend. Yeah, I mean, if you want a crew, it's a pretty decent crew. Speechless, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Reese is getting in some watermelon, some orange. Watermelon's just the fruit of the gods. It really at is. At this time of, time of the day. Yeah. Just ready to go. Getting the glasses on, getting the hat on. And doing the conversions from yeah. K's to miles. Yeah. This 9k, the same six miles. Here we go. Here we go. He's off. Go, Zach! Go, Zach! Go, Zach! Woo! Should we go and see Joe? Joe! How the hell is that? That's that's a lot of work. It feels um, it's kind of scary because you're like dealing with these celebrities, right? And then you're like, hey, we're gonna have a slight change in plan, and they're like, are you sure? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, maybe. And you had to do you had to do some maths there, converting cases. Were you putting lollies on his butt? Yeah. So he's got this awesome system where you know we have bladders, right? Or you have soft flasks on the front. Yeah. Those are your two options. What he does is he has a soft flask stuffed in the bottom of his pack like a bladder. He's got an adapted hose fitting that puts a bladder hose on it. So now his bladder is just a, you know, soft flask. Yeah. And then what he's got on the end of other flasks is the male end that he takes the bite valve off his bladder hose and refills his bottle 
through the bite valve. Right. So he never has to undo any bottles. Wow. Yeah. And so what he's got in those bottles there is powder. And then because the bite valve, you know, the, the male fitting doesn't have a seal. Yeah. He puts a gummy bear in the end. <laughs> yeah, plug like, it. Is he putting gummy bears yeah. on his... Yeah. Joe, no, you got it wrong. You're putting, yeah, yeah. A, you're putting a lolly like, on his bottle. Put a gummy bear on the end and then he just eats the gummy bear and fills... Wow. They're slick. F1 crew. I know. When, when we went over it, we went to the cafe and he's like, oh, so this is what I'm going to do. And I'm like, what? I didn't know these things were a thing. Like, <laughs> now you're at home just putting gummy bears and all your... Oh. Yeah, I know, right? Bottle of tomato sauce, gummy bear. Gummy bear. It's going to come out of habit. Yeah, it's yeah. funny because you see Toothpaste, this whole new... gummy bear. You see this whole new world where they're like, oh, well, this is what I do. And I'm like, I didn't know. Out okay, of all my running. Okay, yeah. yeah it's yeah, a really intentional... Yeah. It's going to be a YouTube tutorial. Yeah. Joe Gallagher. Hi, I'm Joe Gallagher. Hey, I'm going to patent it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm going to come out and just be like, Nathan, yeah, good on you. The Gallagher gummy. The Gallagher yeah. gummy, yeah. <laughs> If I see anyone else doing it in an event, I'm going to be, hey, hey, yeah, yeah. Andrew McDowell, we're watching you. Yeah, actually. Where's he? Has he got gummy bears in his bottles? I don't think he's got gummies. Oh, yeah, no, maybe not. He's probably not cool enough for a gummy. Hey, where are you off to next? Uh, So from here, I've got a couple of hours to relax, which is quite nice. Nice. Um, And then I'm going to head around to Blue Lake. Yeah. Um, What's funny about crewing for someone where it's quite high octane is I haven't touch base with where anyone else is yes and i have all these friends spit across the whakadawadao forest running that i'm like hmm. where are you yeah. where are you andrew mcdowell is a prime example yeah last time i saw him was 2 30 this morning in a rugby field car park um i assume he's not still there no he made it to the uh, start he made it to the start he left we saw that but we haven't seen him no we haven't seen in him. fact we should get back to the finish line because yeah. we need to get back there to find out where andrew mcdowell is and also to do some Actually, MC. I, I gotta say my impression was that you guys were going to be at the finish line and so when i saw you i was like man it'd be sad running across the finish line with no mc well we're doing it overnight so actually what we got to do is go home and sleep, go to bed because yeah, we've been okay. currently up for 12 hours yeah yeah well because you did the start right? yeah. yeah yeah and it, that was great and yeah. it is a long day and it was amazing and i wouldn't trade it for anything oh, you guys are fantastic and you guys still have all this energy yeah like it's a front we're on gummy bears. We're on gummy bears. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, Joe Gallagher. Hey, thank hey, you awesome so much. See you guys. All right. See, I we'll just see, had my blood. We'll see you at the finish. My, my flask yeah. just completely filled actually, with gummy bears. Hey, when I see you at the finish, he'll actually be finished. He'll be well finished. He's just to see me fall asleep straight away. <laughs> <laughs> gummy bears yeah, falling out of your mouth. So, Matt, after we'd been out for a run around, we yes. got back to the village green to the finish area and. People were finishing. People were finishing. We we managed to, yeah, we got back to the village green. We 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 attended to some personal administration, and then we came back for our. Are oh, you sleeping for yeah, a little bit? Sleeping. We had a, approximately an hour sleep for our overnight shift. But yeah, so by that time, uh, the twenty-one fifty and some of the hundred finishes were done. So we should sort of rip through those results. The twenty-one k. Yeah, that's right. Rip that's rip through the twenty-one k. So top three females: Juliet Sewell. Sabrina Grogan and Katie Evans. And in the men's, Mike Robinson, Liam Dooley and Brent Kelly got the uh, first, second and third in that. Uh, what's next was the 50k. Yeah, the 50k. So our mate and yours, David Hounschmidt, took out the win uh, with Peter Babis in second and Charles Hamilton third. Ali McLaughlin uh, got the win in the female 50k. Caitlin Fielder. Uh, last, you know, the, the previous champion got second, and Kate Avery got third. Caitlin, by the way, 
uh, ran faster than her previous record, I believe, but then jumped in the car and drove to a wedding. So she couldn't even make the prize giving. Great day. So she had, she had, <laughs> she had uh, commitments. She <laughs> Good incentive to be fast. As, as I say, know your why. Right. So in the big dance, the 100K or 102 um, races, which were, uh, the added spin was that there were two golden tickets available west for western states yes in each you know for for men's and and women's uh events distances categories Categories. that's the word i'm looking for um and in the in the women's nancy zhang got up for the win with her her maiden tarawera ultra marathon by utmb title uh took the tape and it was an incredibly competitive race isn't it We, we were out amongst it really i i i so fond of Nancy Zhang, you know, she's from West Auckland, she's amazing, and she was <coughs> maybe 30 seconds down on Amanda Basham at one stage, you know, Amanda was was leading, and we said, Nancy, you know, you just, you're this, you're this, you're this, you're 30 seconds, and she was eating a lemonade ice block, and she just looked at us and went, after this, <laughs> to indicate that she'd eat her ice block, and then, and then she, she would attend to matters. That's right. She she needed to get the job done first of all before she got the job done. Um, you know, Amanda Basham we saw out early and in control. We thought, didn't she? She yeah. was. You know, she was. Um, you know, she looked uh, t- strong. Took She's stro- a pro. Yeah, took well, the, she's literally a pro. Literally, yeah. <laughs> and Nancy was when we saw her uh, at one point uh, was had the look of steely determination that, yes. that only Nancy Jane can can muster. Yes. Um, but yeah, she, you know, Stephanie um, Stephanie Austin at one point took the lead, but she wasn't able to head on hold on. So yeah, Nancy ended up with the win in nine twenty six oh eight. Stephanie Austin from Australia who had fought for that lead um, before succumbing to Nancy, second in 9.27.29, and then Aroa Seal of Spain, 9.30.41. So what's that? Four minutes um, between those first three in, in the women's. An incredibly, incredibly competitive race, wasn't it? Yeah. Inc- uh, yeah. It just it was amazing. The, the lead changed so many times. Yeah. You know, people fighting up the field and... That's just incredible. Yeah, in, in yeah. incredible. It so. was so hot. And then in the men's, um, you know, it was go- it was always talked of as as the Dan Jones and Hayden Hawks smackdown, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, they've been training together and so on, hadn't they? Yeah, they've been training together. They've been just you know ha- spending a lot of time together. And um, but we knew there was an immensely competitive field, and there was some super hot. People were after that ticket. Yep, people were after that ticket. And, and I think about, you know, Hayden Hawks, he talks about the fact that his, it, having, a, having a direct entry, because he came second in Western States, freed him up. Yeah. You know, and that made it all the more spicy, didn't it? Oh, so, it sure did. It sure did. You know, and, he, you know, Sam McCutcheon had, you know, who had an incredible, you know, he's had an incredible couple of years, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's a... You know, we we love Sam. We're, we're Team Sam McCutcheon. Yes, that's um, right. He's you know he's done so much uh, and and performed so magnificently. Always gives gives it everything. Well, he he certainly gave it everything. He took off. He was fighting for that lead early on, um, and he was pushing the pace. Before um, you know, in the end, it came down to Dan Jones uh, clearing out. Um, you know, and he he got ahead of of Hayden. Got a 
you know, decent gap as well. So Dan Jones ended up winning with 7.27.55. Hayden Hawks, uh, second as training partner, I suppose you could say. Um, 7.42.13. And then in third. Yeah, Ryan Montgomery. So this is the thing that becomes apparent that, you know, Ryan's in that same category as Lucy Bartholomew, a young, mm. young person who is quite the veteran of the sport. Uh, you know, we saw Ryan, we saw him at the top of Tokorangi Pa Road, just moving, looking so strong, and he was in about seventh place then, and he just, he looked at us and he goes, it's time to close. Yeah. And he just had this grin on his face, and he took off down the trail, you know, third place. Yeah. He got what he came for. He's which, he, he came here to punch the Western ticket, and he got it. Yeah. And, uh, so that, that ticket went to Ryan because, of course, Hayden already has as a Western States ticket. So, you know, stoked for Dan and for Ryan to be able to um, line up at uh, at, at Tarawe- uh, sorry, at Western States yeah. in you know this year. Absolutely. Both in- incredible athletes and both bring something really, you know, their strengths bring something really special to the space. So oh, it's gonna be sure. fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And then to the to the Miler, um, you know, it's it's sort of become well, it had become sort of the, the premium, is it fair to say? It had become the premium race at Tarawera this year with the introduction of the Golden Ticket. The 102 yeah. sort of became the race that, you know, the overseas athletes were here for and so on. Um, you know, uh, it was just, it was, it was, you know. It, it was it, seen as the right, no, no less competitive, but the focus was not on the, yeah. on the mile. And there, the were, there, yeah. were, there were dark horses. And, and what we saw, you know, I mean, goodness me, Zach Miller, he was probably one of the last people to arrive at Lake Okataina, and he led off the front, and he stayed yeah. off the front, yeah. and he ran with such a ferocity and an intensity that it was, uh, it, it was incredible to witness, you know, he, he passed us on Tokorangi Pa, and he was just, yeah, he's just... As I said before, you know, the out-of-office reply was on, and yeah. he was just getting business he done. Was geared, he yeah, was and, and of course, we've played you that clip um, from that gear change. Uh, sorry, first, you know, the, the aid yeah. station, uh, yeah. which was like an F1 pit crew with Joe Gallagher there. And um, Reese Johnson. Yeah, and Reese as well. Him. That's right. So, you know, that was an amazing experience to see. And then, you know, Zach almost beat us back. <laughs> Almost his <laughs> back. Um, we were in a car. He was running. Um, he, you know, he came home and he got the job done. So yeah, Zach Miller took out the time. It took out the win with an astonishing time of yeah. fourteen forty one. Um, you know, that just yeah. blows your mind, doesn't it? Over trails, Hajime Mamba of Japan. Um, you know, quite bemused. Quite he was bemused. happy. Yeah, and was like, oh, cool. Yeah, that's yeah. nice. You know, that's right. That's that, right. Quite the quiet professional. Yeah, and closed. You know, pretty good because Zach had a had quite a massive lead at one point, but Hajimi came. You know, came home in fifteen eleven thirty, and then Nicholas Bamford was in third with fifteen thirty two fifty seven, and then we were witness to an extraordinary battle for. Um, fourth, fifth, and sixth, weren't yeah, we? Yeah, between Louis Schindler, Simon Cochran, and Scott Belgian. Yeah. Um, now, three very accomplished athletes. Yeah. Uh, two of those athletes 
vastly, you'd say, more experience yes. than the other. And we're talking about Louis' experience and Simon's experience. And Scott was in fourth. He's the everyday runner. He's really. the everyman. He yeah. is. He's, he's an exceptional, exceptional runner. And I, could, I feel qualified to say he's a wonderful human being as well. Um, and they put each other to the sword. Um, you know, Louis got the jump. They all left Redwoods pretty much within a minute of each other. Louis got the jump, had the wheels, came in for fourth place. Um, Simon Cochran and his pacer, the guy, I don't know if you've heard of him, Carl Reed, <laughs> had to put down a 347k. The last one I've never seen. I, I mean, you know, if you see athletes like Carl and, and, and Simon sucking in the big ones like that, they, they worked really hard. Mm-hmm. And they, they put the moves on, on Scotty, who came in. Again, they were within a minute of each other. Yeah. They were all within a minute of each other, so there's no. It was just such a brilliant, brilliant competition. But you know, I'm sure that if Scotty could have had a vision board, uh, sixth place at, at an international at a huge field, 500 plus yeah. runners, sixth yeah. place overall. Yeah. Uh, my God. Massive. massive. What a massive thing! Bite your yeah. arm off for sixth place. At the yeah, you would. You would. You would. <laughs> Look, in, in in the women's, it was uh, you know the Lucy Bartholomew show, and it's kind of been the Lucy Bartholomew show all weekend. Yeah. We, we've seen you know the the uh, fondness people have for her, the way in which she's revered, and she inspires so many people. Um, you know, a, a, all weekend we've seen we've borne witness to that. Unlike other, unlike the only person who I I think uh, I've seen comparable is Anna Frost. Yeah. And this was a few years, people sort of, people lining up to talk to her, people mm. and coming up, excuse me, I need to take your photograph. And, and, and you know, people, people do become stars in this space. Yeah. But there's popular, and then there's that level of, yeah. you know, and, and again, like Zach. Yeah, like Zach, she did. She did lead off the front. You know, she'd, she'd come to Aotearoa from Colorado, where it's snowing, not the best yeah. conditions Minus for preparing... 17. For a uh, an ultra marathon in the heat in Rotorua, um, she'd also had a bit of a you know mishap uh, getting here. She'd had you know flights cancelled because of the flooding situation. Um, then arrived here without shoes, without bags, and you know she was sort of scrambling around for nutrition and stuff. So you know not not the best conditions, but and but she talked about entering this race with gratitude and and you know it being a privilege to be here um of course she's got so many connections to this place of the particularly the Tarawera ultra and and she she you know she's walked away stamping a mark on the 100 mile race yeah. um taking the win convincingly in 17 hours and 13 minutes uh Kamino Miyazaki um again a little bit kind of you know sort of almost surprised to have yeah, taken second place absolutely came across very business like very pleased to be here quietly pleased to just be here and to get the job done yeah, and again yeah. you know looked class absolutely looked fresh looked yeah, good yeah looked and was there all day yeah. there all yep. day uh 1754 for, for second and katie wright dr katie wright our mate dr katie yep. wright the most dirt church guest ever yes um Holds the record for most times on our podcast, and came, even more than us. Even more than us, um, came over looking fresh, looking composed, looking happy, and pleased with the effort. I mean, it was the polar opposite opposite from her, you know, the the her, you know, and she'd be the first person to admit it. The debacle at UTA where her stomach went south and, yeah. and everything like that. All the all the emotion of her win mm. in twenty twenty one. 
she came over, she looked like she'd been for a run around the block. It's mm. it's, it's it's incredible. So that yeah. was that was it at the pointy end of of, yes. of all four races. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, we had so many friends uh, out there competing in all sorts of races. They've had varying uh, levels of success and and not not so success, if I can put it that way. Um, it just shows you, you know, ultra marathons ain't easy. They ain't no. easy. You can put in, you can have put in the work, but still, things need to go right for you on the day. You need to be able to solve problems that get thrown at you on the day, um, and yeah, you know, sometimes that doesn't doesn't work out. Sometimes it doesn't. I mean, at the time of recording, we've still got friends out on the course. Yeah. So we're hopeful that they're going to get it done. They're yeah. In good, they, they're in good spirits. We've had, but yeah, it's we've had it's, comms. We've had comms. Yep. So that's the sport. But yeah, that's look, right. You know, um, but look, we heard from uh, from Zach Miller and Lucy Bartholomew. We caught up with them after their races. So we will play those clips now. Zach Miller, 100 mile champion. Congratulations, champ. Thank you. You're in a bit of pain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty, pretty uncomfortable. <laughs> so tell us, I mean, how was how was your day? We saw you out on course, and it looked like you were just completely dialed in. Yeah, it it was about as good as it could be. Minus, um, I I actually tweaked my like my calf or my soleus like 20 miles in um like i could tell that it was kind of te- like touchy and then like 20 miles in going up the climb after blue lake i just felt it go like i, I don't know like probably strained it a little or tore it a little and it was like <laughs> yeah it was pretty uh it was a it was like Oh no! Yeah. Because like I, I actually like stopped running and I like tried to hike and I couldn't even hike very well and I like it really slowed me down. But I've done that type of thing before with my hamstring. I actually just did it at World Championships in the fall. So I knew I was like uh, maybe if I just keep running on it, it'll like I don't know either tear enough to get loose or just like kind of work its way out. So I just kept going and then eventually it like. It hurt me like all race, but it wasn't like, but I could run. Yeah. Was there a point at which you were able to get it out of your mind and just focus on the job at hand, or was it just constantly there? Sort of, but I could feel it like the entire like yeah. eighty for eighty miles, uh, and it was, it was like, I mean, it wasn't the worst pain, but it was like pretty uncomfortable, and for a while, I think it affected my my like pace and stuff like for a while and then after after a bit I think I could kind of run what I wanted but it's still kind of hard to say yeah but aside from that the day was about as flawless as it as it could have been for the most part like I I don't think I've ever done my nutrition that well um or my hydration everything was just pretty much like we pretty much just nailed it like Joe Joe was crewing me and he was great and uh yeah, it was just like, basically I just stuck to my plan like all day and it just worked. So We saw you at one of the aid stations with Joe and it was it was like an F1, Formula One pit crew operation. Yeah, those guys were pretty efficient. Um, yeah, it was just like, we sort of like just found a, a routine like like filling, filling bo- bottles, drinking water, 
taking electrolyte pills, like sponging down to cool off. And yeah, it was pr- pretty efficient, like in and out. I guess, I guess the second place guy, they said like for a long time, wasn't stopping at any aid stations. So like, you know, I was taking like, we were efficient, but I was taking a few minutes everywhere. Um, but it, it just felt like it was time well spent, so. How, how was the, the nature of the course obviously changed? Uh, we had, you know, you had laps to do. How, how hard was that to manage? Um, but first of all, coming in here, knowing you've got to go out again, but also dealing with, you know, so many people out on course. Yeah, coming in and going out the first time wasn't so bad because it was just sort of all continuous new stuff. There's just like a three or four mile out and back that we repeated, but like coming in the, but knowing that you had to come in and do it a second time and then doing that was like <laughs> pretty daunting. Yeah. Uh, it was just like you knew exactly what was coming and you knew it was going to like take a long time and yeah, it was, it was, that was mentally challenging, but I just kind of like did it and just kind of went aid station to aid station. And I think the, the second loop actually felt smoother. Um, but, but yeah, but it was mentally like tough. Yeah. You, you did, because of the nature of the course, the loops, you did get to see a lot more people, I guess, than you normally do on a, on a point-to-point course or something. How, how was that, interacting with other runners and, you know, people giving you uh, high fives, I imagine, and cheering you on? Yeah, it was good. It was fun to see so many runners out there. Like, I actually like that um, when courses kind of, like, overlap or do little out and backs and you get to see the other runners. Um, and there were a lot of, like, fans out there and they'd cheer me on or, like, say hello or... Um, or actually, like, I, I sort of had a million pacers. Like, yeah. like every now and then, like, me and somebody from, like, the 100K or something would just kind of latch onto each other and just run together for a while, which was, which was really nice. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it actually worked pretty well. I will say that, like, on the first lap, there were a lot of, like, 50K runners out there, and so there was a lot of passing, and some of it was on, like, tight single track. Um, I mean, a lot of the tracks are wide, but there were some tight single track trails that it was like, it was a little goofy. Um, but the second lap was was much better. It was way more like spread out or like not nearly as many people out there. Um, so the second lap was smoother. You Things got a bit hectic at the start. You were on, I think, the last bus to arrive. Is that right? Yeah, well, we were hanging out at the rugby club just waiting for the buses, and they're just like, there weren't, like, it was just like, there, there were, um, they, they were coming in and taking people, but it was just like, you know, we, we just had to keep waiting, and I was like, uh, I was just like, I, I was like, I don't care if we start, like, at 4.30, as long as, like, they just don't start without us. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I was on, like, the I was on the last set of buses to the start, but it was fine. They told us they, they yeah. weren't going to send them off and it was it was people were super helpful and pretty chill about it so it worked out last last bus in first bus home that was you <laughs> yeah maybe yeah and just finally from me anyway what, what does it mean to you to win the Tarakura Ultra 100 mile race uh yeah it's always nice to put another like victory in the like victory notch in your belt um especially in like a, a new a new country for me to race in and um yeah and i guess this is technically my first hundred mile win um the only hundred i've run other than this one is utmb so this was drastically different 
Um, but yeah, it's good. It's good. But I'm glad. I'm glad it's over. <laughs> Congratulations. Lucy Bartholomew, Tarawera 100 mile champion. How does that feel? Oh man, I don't think anyone fully understands what that meant to me out there. Um, yeah, it's just been a long time between good races, so it was just nice to, to have a good race and to do it, yeah, with just the support of so many people out on the course and on the sidelines and the volunteers. It was just, yeah, something so special that I'll never forget. Your connections here run very, very deep at the ALEC Q&A yesterday. We were talking about, you know, this is family for you. Coming back home in a way, you ran here as a 16-year-old. Tim Day was just saying, running in with you, it felt like, you know, having part of his whanau, his family here. Yeah. This must mean so much. Oh, yeah. Again, no one will understand, like, Ali on the mic and um, Tim Day running me in. It's just, like, these are the people that have taken me in and looked after me, housed me when I was young and... Um, couldn't afford accommodation so it was uh yeah it's just like the family and to have people out there read my bib and be like oh my god it's Lucy Bartholomew and take photos and selfies and uh just you know to light someone up like that is just like what a gift to be able to do whilst hurting a lot and so um I didn't say much to them but I was able to be in their picture (laughs) how how did your day unfold did it go to, to plan did you have a plan I had no plan, you know, my plan was just to get to the finish line in, you know, in the best shape I could. I didn't really want to like uh, dig myself a hole too much, but I ended up doing that because I was just, you know, as the day unfolded, I was like just curious of what I could do if I kind of put the hammer down, picked up my pacer and I kind of said to her, we got to send it, like let's see what we can do to get to that finish line. And um, yeah, I mean, took the climb pretty easy, but found myself kind of at the front of the field and uh, just tried to hold on. I mean, I had amazing company in the men's field. They were so nice to me, so polite, and really kind of paced and pulled me along. And that's just like something so cool to be supported like that as a female athlete. When we talked to you yesterday, you talked about the perhaps not ideal uh, conditioning of being in Colorado coming here. It was pretty hot out there. Yeah, man. I mean, running through that sulfur, eggy smell in the midday heat was just something I will never forget. I mean, make breathing a lot harder for yourself. Um, But yeah, it got hot and I felt that like that was probably my downfall was um, just management of that. But, uh, you know, it was kind of one of those things where it's not something I could control, but I can control my, my hydration and my electrolytes and the things I could control was what I focused on. You talked also about being grateful about this being a privilege. You know, talk us about what you know what you were thinking during the day and how you managed yourself in that way as you ran and ran and also chased victory. Yeah, I mean, you couldn't have a more. I just felt so privileged to have so many people, you know, know me and support me and yell and high five and holler at me. You know, it's just like that's a pretty cool thing to do. Um, and just the support of my crew, they all kind of flew from around New Zealand to kind of help and crew me. And they're not trail runners, so for them to spend a good 17, 18 hours out there, we slept in a van so I could get to the shuttle on time. And they, you know, they sacrificed some good sleep and uh, and probably some good nutrition out there just so that they could watch me suffer and moan a lot (laughs) which I did (laughs) were you at any point running scared like did the fact that you were in the front become a burden at all or, or you know how did you deal with that yeah I definitely won't lie that kind of 
around Blue Lake, I was just like, I want to win this. Like, I haven't come this far and dug this deep to kind of, like, give up. And that's when I kind of said to Lydia, my pacer, like, we got to go all in. Like, let's give it some, let's give it something. And, um, you know, I was lucky that I was kind of getting some splits from the app, from, uh, from people around and kind of understood that I had time, but I didn't really want to lean on that. I wanted to see what my, my potential was out there and just run my own race. Yeah. Ironman or 100 mile, which is harder? We asked you yesterday, you gave one answer. You had a chance to reconsider? Yeah, I mean, it's the loops of this race that just killed me. I mean, you know, I ran around the first loop and I was like, oh, this is really beautiful. And then... The second loop, I was like, this is less beautiful and more challenging. Um, but, you know, the biggest factor was having a pacer who that she was seeing it for the first time. So her kind of enjoyment and being like, oh, look at the legs, look at this. And I was like, yeah, man, seen it. Like, it's, <laughs> yep, great, great. Yeah, bring that on that. I mean, you know, it was so nice. I did it twice. But, um, yeah, you know, it was just... Uh, really challenging mentally to know the hills that you have and know that yeah I mean I just can't believe as I was running around and overtaking people that were on their first lap and I was on my second and I was like you guys are heroes because they're going to be out there for a long time but they had the best energy you know and I think that that's just kind of like that was the cool thing about the loops was the amount of support the amount of runners and um, I really value that in the race. Well, Lucy, congratulations, and thank you for coming here and making it so special for so many people. Oh, man, I mean, thank you for everyone that was out there and you guys for hosting it and just doing an amazing job. You know, I really wanted to do everyone proud, and uh, it's cool to, to see the support. It really meant a lot. You certainly did everyone proud. Well done. Thank you. <laughs> right, we had the pleasure and the privilege of hosting the live elite athlete Q&A and, and, and what a group we had you know yeah. Hayden Hawks Caitlin Fielder Zach Friedley Ryan Montgomery Troy Sachs Lucy Bartholomew and uh, I feel great that I just remember those <laughs> <laughs> not you, much sleep has been had no no, not much sleep has been had and if you could see where you are you'd be very if you could see where we were recording you'd be very understanding but those are the athletes that we had up on the green and circumstances out of our control um, you know the digital recording again it's like ultra marathon running sometimes it goes to plan sometimes it doesn't so we lost uh, we were informed after the fact that we'd, we hadn't re- our portion with Lucy hadn't recorded however you know you've, you've already get, heard from you've her you've already heard from Lucy and you've heard from Zach so this was uh, I don't know about you, you Eugene this was a highlight for me um, both in terms of doing it at Tarawera, getting getting to do it after being such a fan of Tarawera, and you know the conversations that we had with the people that we had in the in the sun with lots of cool people hanging out watching. So yeah, please enjoy the 2023 Tarawera by Ultra Trail Mont Blanc Elite Athlete Q and A. Radio. Kia ora tafano, no my hoki mai kia koto ko Matt Raymond tukungwa. Welcome to the, where are we? So we're at the Village Green at the finish line of the 2022 Tarawera Ultramarathon by UTMB and we have the pleasure, the privilege and the great honour of not only following the very hard act that is Kerry Suda and Ali Pottinger but hosting the Elite Athlete Q&A for 2023. Look at the crowd everywhere, the squad run tent. Yeah it's- I know, the crowd of the squad run tent are Bigger than the crowd, the elite athlete, I don't know what that says about us. 
But we, look, we've got an amazing lineup today uh, with some incredible talent from all corners of the trail running community. You're going to be stoked to hear from them. So we'll get into it soon because it is baking today. Yeah, just a word on safety. Like, put a hat on. Um, get some water. Yeah, young lady in the white shirt, put a hat on, for God's sake. Um, you're some fried. sunscreen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just take care of yourself. It is a hot day out there. So, oh, uh, look at that. Sam, Har- Sam Harvey coming through clutch. Oh, that's <laughs> class. That's class. Should we get on with it, Matt? Yeah, let's get on with it. All right, let's get into it. First up, please welcome to the stage, ultra running legend. He was second place at this at uh, last year's Western States Endurance Run. He's the winner of the Kosciuszko 100, which was slightly colder than today. And he's the top-ranked male at this year's 102-kilometer race. Hayden Hawks. Put your hands together for Hayden Hawks. Yeah. You're in the middle. You're, we're usually out in front, so this time we'll put you in the middle. <laughs> I like hey, the middle. <laughs> this is the only time that we in our lives will be shoulder to shoulder with this man, so <laughs> photos, please. Now, we, we had a question lined up for you about your mullet, but uh, you went and ruined it for us, so we'll change that slightly. Where is your mullet gone? Yeah, man. Uh, so the mullet was kind of, uh, I guess, uh, Dan Jones convinced me to get the mullet. He said that was the thing to do in New Zealand is I needed to get the kiwi cut and the kiwi cut was a mullet. So I, I kind of gave into peer pressure there, got the mullet. And then uh, my wife was kind of cool with it. She was like, yeah, yeah, it's all right. And then uh, I, uh, I asked her later on, I said, Babe, like, what do you really think about yeah. the mullet? And she was like, it's terrible. You, <laughs> you need to get rid of it. So I had to uh, take it off for the, for the wife and also to uh, make sure I'm just business, not party in the back for this race, you know? So, we had the mayor. Business. We had the mayor just about to give you key to the city. And now whole thing's been called off. But Speaking of uh, catching up with Dan Jones, I mean, you've been training the hell out of it. Uh, with, with Dan and with others spending a bit of time here in Aotearoa, New Zealand. How have you found it? Yeah, man, it's been amazing. Uh, you know, we, we came down here because we wanted to escape the winter back in the States. And we're actually lucky because it's been one of the harshest winters in the States for a long time. So we came down here and, and yeah, the training's gone really well. Um, me and Dan have been good friends for, for a couple of years now. He, he joined you up in the States last year, didn't he? He did, yeah. He came and visited me in Utah and we had some really good training weeks there. Uh, maybe got in a little trouble with my coach a couple times, you know. <laughs> I but, said uh, an easy run for an hour, Hayden. <laughs> That's right. Exactly, exactly. But I was taking him up all the good peaks in Zion National Park and Bryce Canyon National Park and just showing him around. And he's like, dude, you got to come to my country. I'll yeah. show you around. We'll have a good time. And so, yeah, we did a lot of training down in the South Island on the in the Craigieburn area and uh, Christchurch and around. And man, beautiful, yeah. beautiful scenery and amazing training partner to train with. How many times you get in trouble with the coach on this trip? Uh, just a few times, but uh, no, no, no. I, I, I needed to build the mileage up anyways. You know, this is all part of the plan is like build the mileage here in Tatarawera and then from here build into Western States is the big goal for me this year. So it, it it's worked out really well for me. What, uh, I mean, you mentioned the winter in Utah and uh, then you chose to come down and run in a summary race like uh, Kosciuszko. That must have been a bit of a shock. Coming, coming from the snow to the to even more snow. Yeah, everybody told me that Australia was going to be super hot. And so I was actually doing like heat training back home, like in the sauna. Uh, getting in the sauna was like, man, I'm going to be prepared for this. You know, any Australia heat, I, I'm going to be able to handle. I get there and it's literally winter. You know, it was like freezing cold, snow on the ground. 
But yeah, I mean, I I like to uh, say that I can adapt to any climate, any environment. You know, I I try to be as tough as I possibly can and, and just say, hey, I'm going to take it as it comes. You know, everybody's got to deal with it and I'm just going to go out there and have the best day that I can. So, look, uh, you know, you, you spend some time in what we affectionately call the Eastern Island of New Zealand and we've been obliged to ask this question under pain of imprisonment. But what's been your favorite thing about spending a big block of time in New Zealand? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, you know, the, the mountains and the environment down on the South Island were, were spectacular. You know, just amazing views, amazing time. But I'd have to say the number one thing is the people. You know, not only my friend Dan Jones, but like Ruth Croft has been really, you know, open and helping me out with some of the training down here. I've, I've done a little training with Scotty Hawker down in Christchurch. And then just everybody, man. I mean, like we, we've just met so many amazing people in New Zealand. Everybody seems very welcoming. You know, they're, they're willing to help you out there. And, and they're chill. You know, it's, I think that's pretty, a pretty cool thing. It's pretty easy life down here. And, and I can feel it. I can feel the love. I can feel the, you know, camaraderie with people. And honestly, the people and the culture of New Zealand has been the, the coolest thing for us. Oh, that's, that's good to hear. And you're certainly going to experience that out on the course tomorrow, I'm sure, especially with those, you know, you're going to be seeing a lot more people than you would have on the, had it been the normal course. But uh, speaking of tomorrow, you know, like you've already got guaranteed entry to Western States. It's a golden ticket race. How does that impact your motivation? I mean, it's not, you know, it's dri- something that's driving lots of other runners, but it's not so much a factor for you. Yeah, I, I honestly think it's a, an advantage for me, you know, not to have to chase a golden ticket because there's a lot of pressure that comes with that. I don't have any pressure. I mean, I'm, I'm out here to win the race, of course, and, and I've all, you know, I always sign up for races that I know I can win and I, and I, and I really work hard to try and win these races. So I'm definitely have a big goal to win the race. But that being said, like I can run my own race. I don't have to worry about getting a ticket, you know, and, and that's kind of a, that's a good thing for me. Um, you know, I've done this before. Um, and honestly, I'm looking at it as prep for Western States as well. So yeah, I, I think it's, it's actually uh, probably more of an advantage to me than other people, not having to chase that ticket. And you've been here, you know, you've been spending a good time on the course, a good chunk of time out on the course. And I know that with the changes notwithstanding, what are you most looking forward to tomorrow? Uh, most looking forward to uh, crossing the finish line with my son, you know, uh, with my kids. You know, I, I try and do, I mean, I, I do a lot of this for them. You know, I try to be the best example that I can as a father to my kids. And, and you know, I'm a family man at heart. Like, that means more to me than any race victory or anything that I do. Um, you know, taking care of my family and, and having these moments down here in New Zealand with them. Um, my parents actually flew in today, which is pretty cool. Oh, and wow. so they Welcome. like to pick one or two races that, you know, they can come to every year. And, and they've been able to travel the world and see many places because of my career. And that's awesome. You know, this, this, uh, this career of mine and, and this talent that I have has brought so many blessings to my family that, you know, I, I can't even count it. And I'm, I'm just really grateful for that. I think you'll find that this is a real family, family event. It's got that good family feel to it. And so hopefully they'll experience that tomorrow while you're out thrashing yourself on the course. Yeah, yeah. I hope to have a good day. You know, the, the course is really fast. It's very runnable, you know, and, and honestly, uh, I've been training on it for three weeks now and it's beautiful. It's yeah. amazing. It's got so many different challenges. And I think, uh, as you embrace those challenges, whether it's mud, whether it's flat runnable sections, you know, I, I just encourage people to go out there and embrace the, the things that they fear the most 
because that's how you're going to get better. That's how you're going to push yourself. That's how you're going to make it to that finish line is not dreading the things that, that challenge you the most, but embracing them. Um, that's what I try to do when I race. And yeah, it's, it's, where I, it's how I've got to where I am today. That's a great piece of advice. Thank you very much. And uh, everyone, welcome uh, Hayden Hawks and uh, thank him for coming up on stage. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Have a good day out there. Next up, we would like to invite professional Salomon athlete, all-round legend, indeed local legend, 2021's overall runner-up and the 50 women's course record holder. Oh, no, it's not you. Sorry, this is awkward. Oh, Caitlin Fielder. Caitlin, welcome. Thank you. First of all, how is it being back home home? Yeah, it's great. I always love coming back to Rotorua. Um, I actually don't get much opportunities to come back here. So Tarawera for me is like coming back to my grassroots and um, I love to be, like I'm a, a bit of a different person from when I grew up here. I didn't really run as much and so now I get to really get into the forest and kind of experience what I didn't really when I was growing up. Yeah. Do you look at those trails and go, damn, why did I run on them then? Yeah. I do, but part of me is also like maybe if I cranked them out then, I wouldn't be cranking them out now. True. So It's great having you here. It's great having you home. And, and I guess I'd echo or maybe put into words what a lot of people are thinking. Um, how's your back? Yeah, my back is better. Um, so three months ago, I was racing in Madeira for the Golden Trail Series finals. And uh, it's a slippery place. And I ran down some steps and slipped with this man who was cheering me on, grateful, but he had a big Vuvuzela and it kind of caught me by surprise. <laughs> and uh, This is so, dangerous. Yeah, oh, the Vuvuzelas, man, watch them, watch out. So I slipped onto my back and um, actually fractured two vertebrae on stage one and then did five or oh, four more stages. So I had a follow-up question. Uh, but I've got another additional follow-up question. Of, did he strike you with the Vuvuzela or was it just the noise that the Vuvuzela made startled you? No, yeah, he didn't hit me. So it was just the noise that startled me, but then he just stood there and there was just like nothing. And I was just on the ground like, <gasps> and then and then I heard him, you know, start up again as I was like 30 seconds on, oh. so he kept going. <laughs> yeah, good man. And, and my follow-up question is, so you, you injured it round one, you raced till round five with it with two broken vertebrae yeah how, how was that character building yeah it was I, I didn't think that it was fractured obviously um so it was about 90k more in the following four k's and about uh five and a half thousand meters of climbing in that 90k and um I don't recommend it so <laughs> don't don't do what I did <laughs> and and just as a safety uh as, as tough as this human being is and as admirable as that is, okay, there's yeah, a bell curve. None of you are on that bell curve. I'm sorry, <laughs> apart from one or two of you maybe. If you do something tomorrow, if you fall over, if you hurt your back, if you feel something click or pop, don't do what Caitlin did. No, that's the hashtag. What would Caitlin do? Pull out. <laughs> hey, speaking of the Golden Trail series, that looks wild. Yeah, it's how, pretty crazy. How is it? Um, it's, it's awesome actually. You get to run in really cool places that you wouldn't really usually experience. Um, you get to meet lots of really enthusiastic locals, which was cool in Madeira. Um, I kind of expected for like the stage race that we would all take off and, and, and tempo it a bit, I guess, because we had, um, five stages to do, but every single stage is like a time trial. 
and that's that was the uh, it's a brutal brutal introduction into stage racing is doing something like that but the people are great and you get to really know the community that all travel around together and stuff yeah so is that is there that sense of camaraderie um that comes from competition and yeah. and, and i guess you know you're in a you're in an elite team as well there's this sort of you get that aspect as well Yeah, definitely. I mean, we all know that running is um, quite an individual sport, but when you're doing races that a lot of people also do, you kind of um, form some really cool friendships and you're often in in the most intense situations, but you all kind of experience it together and cheer each other on through it all, which is really cool. So what are your plans for tomorrow for the 50K? Um, You know, what are you, what's your thinking around taking on tomorrow's race yeah I mean um I've done it a few times before so uh I know the course and I feel like I mean nobody knows how to pace it like you know how how to pace it so um it's always good to keep that in mind and kind of keep checking in with yourself so that's what I'll be doing um I know that a lot of people will go up pretty hard and I and I know my own pace so I'll just try and stick to that um and ideally I mean you want to be number one doesn't it only happens to one person, though, so you just hope that you have a good day. So wanted to ask you a question also about the other side. I mean, not only are you faster than most people, you're also more artistic than most people. How is the – I mean, last time you talked to Eugene, you were, you know, into the custom shoe painting business and, and doing all that. How's that side of – Got the buff your, project. The buff project. Yeah, the buff How's that all going? Yeah, actually, if you want to check out my custom buffs, the tent have them over there. It's a, it's a New Zealand-themed custom, so there's only 90 in the world, which is pretty cool. Um, but no, I think it's great. Sorry, I just got to go. Hang on. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's, it, well, for me, it works really well because um, I wouldn't want to get my identity kind of too wrapped up in just running because, um, I don't know, for me, that would be a little bit of danger territory. It's always nice to realize that there's a lot more things going on. So uh, my art is also a full-time business for me. Um, and it's in quite a different field. So I customize like road cycling shoes for a lot of the pros and just amateurs. Um, and so I like now I've got a pair of cycling shoes in my room that I'll go and work on this afternoon and take my mind off of things and have a seat and just work away at that for a little bit. So wow. it's good to, um, for me, it's good to have something on the side that I do and I get a lot of um, gratification out of out of that as well. And it's something that you can take around. I mean, it's, you, yeah. you can take it with you on the road and, and work on it and, and have that switch off time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Brilliant. Yeah. And so lastly, I mean, any, you know, tomorrow notwithstanding, what are your plans for 2023? Uh, I'm hoping last year I mixed in the 100K CCC at UTMB with the Golden Trail Series races. And um, it was a bit of like an initiation into fire with 100K because I'd been doing faster marathon kind of distances. Uh, so I think probably this year I'll, I'll step that back down and do the uh, 56k race at UTMB, so that's the um, OCC. So I'll try and focus on that one while also doing the Golden Trail Series races, and then if I enjoy racing 100k again in a few years, I'll go back there, but for now I think um, speed's always good, and it's never too late to kind of focus on that as well. Mm, Absolutely, absolutely. Hey, well look, well all the best for tomorrow. Um, Welcome back to your hometown. I feel a bit weird saying that, but um, yeah, go crazy. Please put your hands together for Caitlin Fielder. Thank you very much. Thank you.
Right? The hits just keep on coming. So next up, we'd like to invite someone to the stage who we've been dying to catch oh, I've been dying to catch up with since we had him on Dirt Church Radio. He's a pro trail runner for on, founder of Born to Adapt, Mendocino Movement, and one of the stars of Christopher, Mc- Christopher McDougall's Born to Run 2, Zachary Friedley. What, man? Hey, everybody. How's it, bro? The visualization board worked. You're here. How was your trip from Mendocino? It's pretty epic. So I landed in New Zealand on Sunday and was greeted by my friend from Buff Marco and a guy named Matthew who works for an APT organization here in New Zealand. And it was just like my friends right away. So it was pretty cool. And you flew into Auckland and then down to Tauranga instead. Yeah, I went to Auckland. So I flew into Auckland and then was in Tauranga for two days, did an amputee running meetup, and then got to Rotorua a couple days ago. It's been epic. Man, since, look, we spoke in July last year, you've had a ton of cool experiences from UTMB to, you know, being involved in Born to Run 2's launch. What's been some of the highlights for you? Let's see. So after UTMB, I actually climbed Cotopaxi uh, with a group called Romp in Ecuador, which is pretty epic. And then, yeah, the book came out and uh, just been training. I got some new uh, tread from on. So I've been able to run a little bit better, and I'm ready to just attack some uh, mountain stuff this year. Have some fun. That sounds scary. Ready to run better. Ready to run better. Holy moly! Watch out, people. <laughs> <laughs> what are you most excited for tomorrow? I think uh, just getting out on the trail, and you know, first race of my season, and we got some of my on teammates here, and uh, just being with the community. And I love redwood running, you know, because where I live, there's redwood trees. So that's been pretty uh, amazing to be here and see redwood trees. It's kind of got my mind blown just a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, just out here and having fun with everybody. Tell us a bit about Born to Adapt. How's it going? Yeah, so Born to Adapt is happening again this year in April. And we've actually extended to two more events. We're going to have a 10-mile trail run and a 30-mile trail run. And we're going to have some cash prizes and some swag. And it's just going to be uh, a little bit bigger than it was last year. So for people who don't know about it and haven't listened to Dirt Church Radio, where the hell have you been? But also just tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, so basically I've been running trails for three or four years now. And I've been to some pretty big events in the United States. And I got a buddy named Luis Escobar who's a famous race director. He's also um, from the book Born to Run. And him and I have struck up this friendship. I've been on his podcast a few times and was just always talking about, man, I wish we had adaptive athletes in trail running. And basically one day he was like, hey, let's just make the event ourselves and show everybody how to do it. So Lewis hosts an event called Born to Run that's a pretty epic trail race in the United States. It's been going on for like 12 or 13 years. And last year we developed Born to Adapt, which is happening at the same time as Born to Run. And it was an event that invited disabled athletes of all kinds of disabilities, wheelchairs, people were, that were visually impaired, strokes, blades, everything. And we invited them to come onto the trails and we did this three-hour challenge. We had uh, my friend Sean Wall, who's 10 years old, got cerebral palsy, he's in a wheelchair, and his dad built him this off-road rig. And they got to come over and try their off-road rig at this event. And now that kid goes to trail runs. And so basically, it's just bringing people into the outdoors that are disabled to give them the same experience that we're all here, that we all love. And yeah, that was born to adapt. And this is year two. And we just want to have more people. And hopefully, this thing catches on all over the place. And maybe one day, come back to New Zealand and have born to rap or born to adapt New Zealand. Absolutely. Maybe you guys can come announce it or something. Oh, that would be that would be second for for those of you, 
there's a video on YouTube that specifically, yeah. you know, uh, follows Sean's journey with his parents and his father makes him this wheelchair, this adaptive wheelchair. And I challenge anyone amongst you, I'll give you 20 bucks if you can watch that video and not shed a tear or two because it is it is moving in the best way. And if you guys want to come to Born to Adapt, you can pull Sean for a loop. The dude's got a goal of like 26 miles, so we need some fast people to come pull Sean. You up for a loop, David? David, coming for a loop? Let's do it. <laughs> you haven't had anything else going on. Hey, look, uh, we, we spoke about it at the top, you know, it's been a goal of you, yours to come here for some time. How long are you spending here in Aotearoa and what are you most looking forward to? So I think, I mean, I'm going to be here till Monday. I wish I could be here longer, but I was looking forward to connecting with like the real New Zealand and like people that live here in the community. And I got to do that, you know, with my friend Matt just taking me around. Felt like I've known the dude forever and he just showed me what New Zealand was all about and I'm excited to come back here, and I think maybe Terraware is going to be like on the map for me for the foreseeable future, just an event that I always go to. Fantastic. Got the crowd going there. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, look, you've had a lifetime in in movement and sport from, you know, wrestling to trialing out for the Paralympic team and, and as a sprinter to being a pro trial runner. What would the today you say to your younger self or, or indeed anyone else who's facing challenges or, you know, disabilities? Younger Zach, so older Zach would tell younger Zach to just hang in there and probably not be so hard on himself. Um, I feel like the younger versions of myself were very critical and always creating pressure and I never really got to enjoy the journey very much because I was always looking for the destination and the destination wasn't always what I anticipated. So I had a lot of like moments of that didn't work out the way I anticipated or planned. So just embracing the journey because it happens like right now, like in this moment, living in the now. So I would just, my advice is just to be nice to yourself and be nice to other people. Those are some cool words to live by. Be nice to yourself and be nice to other people. So look, it bears asking because people have good intentions around disabilities, around adaptions. But if, if you're out on course tomorrow, you're racing or supporting or indeed in any other race, and you see someone who's an adaptive athlete or running with a disability, is there a right or wrong? What are the, what, is there a right way or a wrong way to be encouraging? What's the best thing to say? Everybody's different. So how I'm going to be is different than somebody else. I like high fives and like, let's keep on rolling. And if I'm passing you, just watch me pass you by. <laughs> Eat my dust. Sweet. <laughs> Stunned silence is the best way. <laughs> All right, look. Have the best time tomorrow, bro. We're so stoked you're here. Please, in the crowd, give it up for Zach Friedley. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, guys. This has been epic. Cheers, brother. I'll catch you soon. Right. This just keeps on going and going and going. We got the opportunity to sit down with this incredible human being just before. Um, This person is a queer pro ultra runner, been a member of the Team USA 24-hour team. Man, this goes on for a while. A coach uh, gained a 2022 Western States Endurance Run golden ticket entry with a second place at Havilene 100, which he couldn't compete due to injury. You had to bring that up. Well... I mean, you're here, Ryan. We all get injured. Yeah, so we all get injured. Part of the story. <laughs> when I have my golden ticket injury, same thing. <laughs> it's a bummer when you get the golden ticket and you can't. Oh. Mine was the Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. But anyway, uh, ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for Ryan Montgomery.
Welcome to Aotearoa, Ryan. I mean, you've had quite the journey getting here. Um, <laughs> how's it been? It's great. I'm just glad to be here. After a, a cancelled flight and, you know, coming from winter to summer, I'm just glad to be here finally. Have you got, have you got your bags? Lots of people are turning up without bags. Your bags I, going I definitely got my bag. Yes, that's good. That's, that's, good. Good. I'm, that's never happened to me before, but knock on wood, it's going to happen to me when I fly home, I bet. <laughs> so uh, you must be fired up for another shot at that golden ticket. And you've had quite the... You know, you've had quite the run of challenges. You know, you, you got hit by a car. You, <laughs> there's no really fine way to put that, is there? Like, you, no. you, you were hit by a car. Laughing is the only appropriate response, <laughs> surely. For context, last summer when I was injured, I was cycling. And then I got hit by a car while cycling. Their fault. Which lead, led to surgery and another injury. So, it's been a zaga this last year. <laughs> And I mean, how are you feeling? How are you feeling rolling tomorrow? I feel really confident and just like happy to like be back in like this space where I can like do what I love best, which is to run. Um, I think for people that, you know, get injured, it's just been, it's just hard to not be able to do the thing that you love and like slowly building back my fitness over the past six months. It's just been a big confidence booster. And I'm, I think I'm just most excited to celebrate like my body and to celebrate the community on course tomorrow. Is that, is that an issue? Um, I mean, lots of people coming back from injuries. One of the issues is that they get back into too fast or like, for sure. Is that, is that one for you? Or are you, are you good at managing that? Um, this is why we hire people like coaches <laughs> to hold us back. Cause I think it's my like natural, like inclination to like want to just, Oh, I'm feeling good today. That must mean like I'm ready to run a hundred miles. No, it does not mean that. Um, so I think like slowly building has been like the way for me to not re-injure myself because as you mentioned, like that happens and then you re-injure yourself and then it's this never ending spiral. Yeah, absolutely. So. Absolutely. The other thing that lots of people will be thinking today, elites and non-elites, but I'm interested in your perspective, course changes this week. You know, we've yeah. had, uh, you know, the curveballs thrown at us once again. How does that impact your thinking and your approach? How do you deal with it? I don't think it changes anything because I think as someone who I'm, you know, I'm aspiring to do really well in this race. And I think it just is a matter of we have to run the race that's now presented to us. And I think this new course, it's going to be way faster um, I think there's less elevation and a lot of the climbing is in the beginning. So I think, you know, the course is just going to be faster and that's just like the adjustment that we have to make. And I think as an elite, that's just how you have to show up for racing. It's just, you have to be adaptable for whatever changes because it, you know, the cyclone can come here tomorrow. Like it could be raining. Please you know? don't run. <laughs> it could happen. Please don't run. But you just have to like adjust to those. And so for me, it's just like a, a simple adjustment of like changing my, you know, my gears a little bit. Was Tim Day just quavering in the corner there? Yeah. <laughs> so for a bit of context for you, Ryan, there was a time where Tim Day and the crew went out overnight the night of the race to redo the course. So After a cyclone. Been, after a cyclone came through. It's been done before. I've, I've heard, I heard the story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, you're an incredibly seasoned athlete. Um, you know, you, you started young, first marathon at... 15, you've run a ton of races, um, all sorts of, you know, Bad Water 135. You, you did a 200 mile race. What were you thinking? Uh, like, 
how does tomorrow, how do you think it'll, will it play to your strengths? Yeah, I think because I've been running ultras for so long, I, I feel like I've developed just a lot of context over the years of like how to actively problem solve. I feel like ultra running, it's just a matter of like who can best problem solve when like, you know, things are not going the way that you planned and like trusting your body to like push through those moments because, you know, if you've never experienced cramping before, if you never experienced like, you know, low electrolytes or whatever that is, or heat exhaustion, um, if you never experienced that before, you might, it might pull you out. But if you have confidence in yourself to like get through those moments, then you can come out the other side and still perform the best. So I think, you know, all of my crazy runs so far in my career has like led me to like feel no matter what happens tomorrow, like I've been through worse. <laughs> and as a coach, um, you know, carrying on from that, any there's a vast majority. What's the percentage, Eugene? It's 40, 70 percent. I, I think they officially call it big. Yeah, there's a lot. It's, it's it's a lot. lot. There's a ton. Yeah. There's tons of new yeah. like first timers. There's heaps, heaps of, heaps wow. of first timers. Okay, that's a metric in in Aotearoa. Heaps. Yeah, heaps. It's like one, some heaps. There's heaps of us out there who haven't run an ultra marathon before. This is their first time, or we indeed haven't run a twenty-one. As a coach, any advice? First time, sitting out there, quietly bricking it. Yes, this is what I tell athletes that I coach and friends is eliminate all expectations. <laughs> just if you have a goal, change that goal to just have fun. Like I'm going to have fun. I'm going to run through the jungle. I'm going to meet a new friend. Like having that perspective, I think makes it so much more fun, in my opinion. Like the goal tomorrow is to have fun. And if you're going to be caught up on time, then you might like not meet the expectation and then that's like how you associate your race. But like if you change it to like, I'm just going to have fun, I'm going to meet new people, I'm going to... In our podcast earlier, you talked about the, the aunties on course at the aid stations. Like make a friend with the auntie, make friends with the aid station people. Like it's just, we're going to have fun tomorrow. And I think that's the best advice I can offer. So good. So, I mean, you, you know, you're involved with, you, you've got your own uh, organization, OutTrails, which strives for a more inclusive space in the trail community. Uh, we are accepting community, but I think it's a myth that this is sort of the egalitarian paradise. How can we, in this space, be true allies and promote sort of inclusivity in, for people in the LGBTQIA plus space or people who would otherwise feel marginalized about coming into the outdoors? Simple question to finish off. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, yeah. So I just founded a, a community of LGBTQ runners called OutTrails um, in the United States. And as you mentioned, it's to help create a more inclusive space in trail running explicitly, um, since there's a lot of barriers for this community, these, this community. And I think, you know, especially if you identify as an ally, it's to number one, like learn about the stories of this community. Um, you know, I talked to a lot of friends my mom's just sitting over there. And I think the number one thing is just like learn the stories of this community because that's going to give you so much more information about what are the lived experiences of other people in the trail community. Because like for you and I, like we might just be able to show up on a trail and it's like easy for us. And it's like, oh, it's I easy even, for you. Right? Yeah, we don't even think about it. But for other people, there's massive barriers for people to feel included and to feel safe um, in, you know, in outdoor environments that we cherish so much. 
Um, so just listening to stories, listening to podcasts, listening to books, um, um, I think is like the best place to start. And I think naturally hearing those stories and learning, you're going to become um, a major advocate and ally in your own unique way. So I think that's step one <laughs> for a lot of people. That's a really wonderful uh place to start look ryan you know thank you for our conversation before we wish you the best for tomorrow please put your hands together for the legend ryan montgomery thank you thank you so good just a quick reminder to make sure you're keeping sun safe don't forget that uh right next up troy Sachs. now troy is an australian sports hall of fame member paralympic legend we saw him at uta killing it and he's recently been climbing mountains in Ecuador. Do you a stop? Anyway, welcome to the stage, Troy Sachs. Thank you. How, uh, I mean, we had some conversation in the week. You were kind of, uh, you know, any local knowledge around the course conditions and stuff. And then the Eastern Okatino walkway decided to throw itself into the lake that's changed everything. Um, what are you What are you looking forward to about the hundred and two tomorrow? Yeah, it was. Uh, I was spending a lot of time preparing my uh, race plan, and and then obviously everyone got a shock, so I had to uh, go back to the drawing board. And the uh, the added thing that I've got to do is I uh, I use three different legs when I'm running. So I have a leg runner who uh, who carts those around for me. My uh, awesome physio from the body mechanic Pete, and um, so I had to sit down and look at the look at the course changes and. You know, the race directors here and the guys that are organising, they've, uh, they've given me some time to sit down. So my brother and I did a full course recce on Wednesday Wow! to check it all out and to, to see where we can drop legs and change legs uh, for the different terrain. But, you know, doing a little bit on the track, it, it feels like carpet. Like, it feels beautiful. It doesn't, it doesn't feel that wet. It feels nice and responsive. And, you know, Zach wears a running blade and I wear a running blade sometimes. So I'm looking forward to the rocket really having a crack. Oh, it's, I mean, it, it's pretty hard to get angry at Rotorua dirt because, you know, we're pretty blessed down here with the, with the volcanic mud. I mean, speaking of, of beautiful locations, last time we saw you was Ultra Trail Australia. You, you came up on the road. We were finishing it. You blazing past us. How was that for you? It was, uh, it was, it was good. <laughs> it, was, it was quite stressful. Um, a couple of years before I, went, I entered the race, I think it was the race pre-COVID, and at the 40k mark, I actually fractured my tibia, and then ended up pulling out at 92k. So, oh, uh, sorry again. There's a bell curve, like Caitlin's bell curve. You guys aren't on that bell curve. If you fracture your tibia tomorrow at K40, what are you going to do? Suck it up. No. <laughs> Find the pain cave. <laughs> so, this man isn't a medical professional. So I was eight k's from the finish. So I had to wait a couple of years, and you know, under some good tuition and for some very smart individuals, again at the body mechanic, they they sort of got me through. And and um, I think it was you know a, a big monkey to get off my back. You know, when you sit out to run a distance, no matter who you are, whether you're a pro or whether you're sort of you know down the bottom feeder like myself, you sort of you just want to have a crack and you want to finish something. And it was inside me to finish it. And and I got a, you know, I was very, very happy. Awesome support from my brother, crew chief and family and stuff. And, and you know, I guess the runners are out on the track, but it's, you know, that when you come to the, come to the checkpoint and they're there, you sort of see what they've been through in, in, you know, dealing with you when you finished a run or feeding you or that sort of stuff. So, you know, lots of support, but it was awesome to finish as uh, I'm not sure if you've seen the photo of me going across the finish line, you know, 
letting out a big yelp. I scared my little son, but um, you know, it was. You scared us. We were there. <laughs> well, did you did you see me tripping on the wood wood chips about five meters? Uh, you we weren't saw the fir- that. you weren't the first person to do that. <laughs> I was thinking my blade got stuck in the wood chips and I was, I was envisioning myself just doing somersaults over the line. But, um, yeah, it was, it was an awesome feeling to finally finish one and, and uh, I think with that off my back now, I'm really looking forward to having a, a super crack at the distance here. As a, you know, you're an elite athlete. You've, you've been there, done that. Um, what are some advice you can give to people about sort of balancing, you know, not letting the emotions get in the way, sort of using them rather than letting them pull you back? I like to feel and I like to through the race and you let it let it go through you but you don't let it drain you you know because we all want to feel and feel something and it's okay to feel sad it's okay to feel happy the feeling of the race and we're off and the devil says the storm's got you but I am the storm ride the wave yeah yep totally so I'm pretty sure that uh, in the textbooks where they talk about recovery from big races they don't say go off and climb mountains in, in Ecuador but you know you did that after after UTA, how how was that? Well, you know, you guys, uh, not you guys, but UTA decided to change the date on me, right? <laughs> so we were meant to run UTA in May and I was meant to climb mountains in November, you know. So then they changed it to October. Well, my two guides said, you know, you've been training. I'm like, you know, I had some equipment malfunctions uh, with, the, with the weather didn't really cooperate. So we were in waist deep snow and ice climbing up some of them. So I scaled two of them. We set out to do four, but it was more of a recce trip for some, some big mountains to come in the years. So it's, uh, it, was, it was good to feel that hardening because it sort of set me up. I got food poisoning at the sort of three quarters of the way up one and lost about eight kilos in two days. Which, which Eight kilos in two days? Yeah, it was pretty nice, you know. 2 a.m. sitting on the hole at the top of the mountain here and there and you're just looking around and you're going like, how am I going to get out of here? So T-shirts as nappies and you're sort of crawling down. It was, it was awesome. You know, I'm not going to have any, any problems getting into my pain cave here. So, it, was, it was epic. I'm honestly speechless after that. that it's good. Yeah. But again, it's just left foot, right peg, left foot, right peg. That's, that's how I just move through and, and, and try to move through life. And, you know, it's funny, you guys look at Zach and myself and any other amputees. I have seen some other amputees that have signed up and, and I wasn't able to introduce myself because I look at you guys as inspiration and everyone says, oh, you're such an inspiration. I, I thank you for that. But I look at your struggles too because everyone's out there and, you know, and everyone needs a bit of in, in, inspiration or, or, or sort of pick me up. So, you know what, like Zach likes a high five. You do whatever, just say day, you know, and then we can, we can struggle together. Well... We're all going to be out there together. Well, Matt and I are going to be having the hard job talking, but, yeah. uh, you know, you guys will be running. Well, you know. Um, but, look, thank you very, very much for joining us. We love chatting to you. We love catching up with you. We can't wait to see what you do tomorrow. Awesome. Thanks for your support, guys. Thank you so much. Right. So, yeah, that was most of the elite athlete Q&A we hope Q&A sorry we hope you enjoyed it uh, we need to find somewhere to sleep because we have been up all night on the mics as you may be able to tell from our voices uh, calling in athletes 
doing mostly the 102 and 100 mile race, which was an absolute privilege. We got yeah. to witness some incredible scenes, um, some you know, the, the the full of gamut of emotions that happen yes. at a finish line, and you know, it's it's been our privilege to be able to share that with many people that you know that were very kind about Dirt Church Radio as well. Hundred percent. We got a lot of love, and we thank you, everyone who came came and said hi, everyone who was encouraging. Uh, you know, you, you were far too kind, and everyone who came and said, I'm going to do a greatest run ever, consider yourselves on notice. You were seen. All right. You were seen. Look, thank you, thank you, thank you, and thank you very much for tuning in. We're on social media at Dirt Church Radio. You can email us at Radio at gmail.com. You can find us on all the podcast platforms. Like and follow if you fancy, and you can download direct from the website, which is dirtchurchradio.com. Don't forget to write in with your greatest run ever, especially those who told you that told us that they would. I'm looking at you, Liam. Uh, we'd love to, especially, we'd love to hear from you and, you know, have a read of them on our website uh, if you if you want to know the know the drill, and then send them, in, send them in to us, dirtchurchradio at gmail.com. Thanks to our sponsors, Scott Running, Further Faster, Ultra Spy and Cielli. Thank you to our Patreon patrons and Wild Things. Thanks to our editor, Kieran. Stay tuned next week. We've got another cracking guest lined up. We sure do. Matewa. Thanks, Rigby. <laughs>